Hey there, I'm Becky, and welcome to Literary Escapes with me, Becky. Today I have a really fun interview for you. It is with author T.J. Logan. She writes fabulous romantic suspense novels. So if you enjoy romantic suspense, you're definitely going to want to tune in for this podcast. She has a series that I'm going to let her tell you all about. But yeah, let's jump into this episode with TJ Logan. So TJ, (laughs) welcome to the Literary Skips podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've had so much fun with this podcast, being able to talk to so many different authors and yeah it's it's so much fun and I love hearing how people became authors what their styles are what their books are and it's just way too many authors out there to meet them all and you're still you're working on your first book now right I am I just hit send to the editor yesterday (gasps) I know it's uh nerve-wracking yeah well it's scary letting somebody read your stuff especially with a critical eye, especially with a critical eye. Um, the first time you do that, it's just like, oh, what if I hate it? You know, it's- right. And I put a note on there. I'm like, you know, I'm open to comments and critique, which is obviously what I'm paying her for. Absolutely. But it was more for me. Right. Oh, believe me, if you've got, if you've got, a, if you've got a good editor, she won't hold back or yeah. he won't hold back. They'll because again, like you said, you're paying them and it reflects on them. If they if you put a poorly right. edited book out, that people are going to look, I mean, savvy readers will look and see who the editor was and exactly. they'll be like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. So are you going to, are you thinking about, look at me, I'm talking, I'm asking you. That's questions. okay. <laughs> Just very quickly. Are you thinking about indie publishing or are you going to try am. I'm going to indie oh, publish good. Good. and it's going to be a three book series. So I want to have nice. all of them done prior to releasing number one rapid release yeah that's Mm -hmm. yeah my I had the first three in my series done and I released them a month apart okay Um, I have not done that since (laughs) it's yeah it's a challenge isn't it I'm a slow writer so so let I guess let's jump on into that so how did you become an author um you know it's funny I wasn't one of those kids that like read. I wasn't one of those girls that sat in my room all dreamy eyed and read books and leave me, you know, I come from a big family. I'm the, the only girl of six kids. So I was surrounded by bro- older and younger brothers. So okay. um, I really wasn't much of a reader. I I mean, I read the, you know, the standards, Nancy Drew, Charlotte's Web, things like that. Sure. But you know, I have author friends who were like passionate, avid readers and right. they started poetry and you know short stories and I never did anything like that Mm -hmm. so anyway when I was about I don't know 49 50 I discovered romance books I mean I knew they were out there but I just sort of stumbled upon one because it was looked like something the cover grabbed my attention it was like a special operations kind of thing so anyway I loved it after about a year and a half of reading them I I was at work one day and all these voices kind of popped into my head and I was like, "Uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) one of two things could be happening here. (laughs) This could could either be incredibly awesome or I'm like looking for the guys in the white coat. At least I wasn't talking back. So that was the one thing, (laughs) but um, so basically I, I opened up a document at my real job and I started just like dumping brain dump on just I had no idea what there were names there were backstories there were ages I create you know get home from work that night get my laptop out and I keep typing my husband comes home and it was my night to cook dinner 
And my husband comes home and he's looking around and goes, yeah. so, uh, yeah. doing, you know, and he goes, what do you do? What you doing? And I said, writing. And he goes, what? And I said, I have no idea. And from that, I created the six O'Halloran siblings, five brothers and a sister. Gee. Okay. Yeah. I wonder where you got that from. Where <laughs> <laughs> that premise came from. And um, the basic stories for books one and two, just the very basics and started writing. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anything. I didn't know about POVs. I was like, what's that? I didn't know what a whip was, a work in progress, yeah. backstory. And I had no clue what I was doing. So uh, my husband encouraged me to join a, he says, well, if you're going to do this writing thing, he says, why don't you find some, a group, a writer's writer group people, yeah, <laughs> people, you know, <laughs> like take your crazy elsewhere, basically is what he was saying. <laughs> so, so I did, I went online and I found an RWA chapter there near my house, very small. Okay. Just, you know, I think my first meeting, there were maybe 15 people there, if that, okay. and that was really about the bulk <laughs> of our membership at that point, but, um, okay. My, I, yeah. And we were talking about letting people read your stuff. The second meeting we had what they call a critique a thon at at our group, Florida star that you and I members of, we call it a deep dish. Okay. You can bring in like five to seven pages and let, and and somebody else reads it. So anyway, so somebody else read it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The entire time I'm like, no, that's not how it goes. No, I doesn't. He doesn't sound like that. Oh God. Why is she reading it that way? It was horrible. And I got a lot of great, it was a prologue. I got a lot of great comments. And then we got to Hannah Rice Barnes and she said, well, this is good. She said, but it's all backstory. First of all, I was like, so I'm smiling like, okay. okay you know, yeah. I'm listening to your critique and I don't want to crawl in a hole right take now. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's not normally who I am. I'm usually, as you know, I'm more of a sort of like out there person. What you see is what you get. And so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so I'm like making notes. I have no idea what the notes are. And I'm like, right, oh, right. And I went home that night and I think I polished off a bottle of wine and whined to my husband, oh, I'm horrible. I should never do this again. And oh. and he's like, it's your book. You write it your way. And well, he, of course, now he appreciates that that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> not if you want to like go anywhere with it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I want to just write stories to keep it in a journal, that's fine. But if I want to actually sell them, which I figured out very quickly is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So the next, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this story up. Uh, in, the okay, next, I know. in the next meeting, the next month's meeting, she approached me as I walked through the door and I'm like, Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> pulling up my big girl panties. The fact that I was there, I was like, you will not defeat me. And uh, she walked up to me and she said, look, you're, you're a really good writer. She said, you could be better. And she goes, and I can help you get there. And she offered to work with me for wow. free for free. And she is wow. a developer editor and she's amazing. And Becky, she taught me about the craft. She taught me about story pacing. She taught me about, um, and she was the one who said there should be emotion on every page. You know, and that's one of the things that I get reviews, people mentioning, uh, you know, talking about is I felt like I was there. I could feel blah, blah, blah. And okay. So for months, Hannah would come to my house. I mean, we've become very, very good friends. She came to my house for the weekend and we would sit in my office at my desk and I would read a chapter and she would nudge me whenever there was something that I needed to stop and pay attention to. 
Okay. And she wouldn't necessarily tell me what it was. What she it was. Just, yeah. She gave me the basic principles, like uh, word over usage, like using unnecessary words. Okay. And um, I mean, to give you an indication, my first manuscript, hmm. when she started working with me on it, was like a 135,000 words long. <laughs> By the time I finished working with her, I think it was just under 90. Okay. So there was a lot of stuff in there that didn't need to be in there. That's a lot amazing. Of the word, yeah. A lot of the word that. <laughs> I, but, I was looking at mine last night and I've got butt in there a lot. Yeah. So, so my current, my current word of choice, of my overused word of choice is so. So anyway, exactly. So I was telling you, you know, so the other day it's like, do you really, do I really need that in there? Um, but uh, anyway, so Hannah and I became very good friends. I published my books, you know, she worked with me on stories too. She helped me brainstorm and plot and kind of, yeah. yeah. In one of my books, the hero, and I'm not giving anything away by telling this it's in, it's in the excerpt on my website. He's a Navy SEAL who's over in Afghanistan at a Ford operating base. And he gets it. The Red Cross shows up and tells him that his wife has died during premature labor. And when I came up with the story premise, I wanted, I, my thought was that he, the wife and the baby would both perish. Okay. And she told me, she goes, no, no. She goes, you need more conflict. She goes, have the baby live. And he had, now he has this to deal with father, it. this yeah. Navy single father dealing with this baby. Right. And this sick baby. So oh, it was the best okay. advice she ever gave me. And it was just one tiny example of the advice she gave me. Wow. And um, I dedicated my first book to her and I tell anybody, I, any author I can, who's willing to pay the money, if they wanted, if they want a developmental edit, um, that is amazingly thorough. She's the person to talk to because and her name is Hannah, Hannah, Hannah Rice, R H Y S Barnes. And I believe her website, hang on a second, if I can figure out how to use this mouse, I <laughs> believe it's uh, evil editor. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke. Uh, my evil editor, evil. Uh, uh, ah. Well, I can't find it, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll email it to you if you want it. <clears throat> uh, but nice. the, the thing that made it great working with Hannah was she knew that I was had a thick skin and I could take honest criticism. She wasn't yeah. mean about it, but she she didn't hold back at all. And and that's helpful, I would think, just to I mean, sure. yeah, I, I would think that you couldn't have a thick a thin skin and be an, a published author. Oh gosh, no, or not be this, a not successful that. author. <laughs> yeah, if you want if you want to succeed in this business. And you don't even have to be like a, a New York Times, USA Today bestselling author to give this advice. If you truly want to thrive and succeed and in this business, you have to be willing to take criticism and you have to take it in the, in the way it was intended. And almost always in this business, any criticism I've gotten of my writing, and I don't even like to call it criticism. I just like to call it critiquing any yeah. critiques I've got. Cause criticism has this sort of negative, you know, connotation. connotation yeah. Yeah. So um, any crit crit critique that I've ever gotten, I, I listen to it because there are smarter people than me, God knows out there in this business, especially. And I listen to it. I weigh it against what I really, cause I know my story better than anybody. Right. So if it's something that has to do with 
my characters and who they are, I usually I'm like, oh, thank you very much. I, I'll, you know, I'll think about it. And I right. typically don't change my characters. I know my characters. You know who they I, are. Yeah. I, I have to know them before I start, you know, before I, I mean, I'm not, I am not one of those people who has like character boards and does all this stuff. I'm, I'm a true dyed in the wool pantser, but I know who my characters are. I know what they look like in my head. I know the decisions that they would make um, in good circumstances, in bad circumstances, when put you know, under pressure. Um, so those are all things that help me move forward. But you have to have a thick skin in this business and you have to get to tell yourself, this isn't about me. It's about making my story as strong as it can so that somebody will buy this book. That's it. And that's That's the, I've been thinking about that since I just hit send to the editor, to the developmental editor. And it's like, I can't be too attached to the story and what it is. I have to be willing to change it so that either it makes sense or it's more marketable, you know, whatever it is, I have to be willing to let things go and so I've been right. telling myself that over and over again. <laughs> well, and not only that, um, it's, you know, story, you know, you know, the bones of your story. I mean, you, you know, like you, you can equate a story to like the human body. You've got your bones that holds everything together. So as long as the bones of your story are good, then all the other guts and stuff and skin will all hold in place. Um, the, the, the biggest thing that I, that I remember being told was, conflict you need when you think you have enough conflict you need to put more because nothing shows how your character's character um like the way they deal with conflict and it makes it more interesting for the reader i write so i write suspense so it's kind of inherent in in the the genre and i have you know i write um sort of law enforcement spec ops type driven uh, stuff so um that's sort of if I don't have that in my story, then it's not, I can't call it suspense. Right. So, so how did you get into the, I, I, the romantic suspense? I assume that's what you were yeah. reading and that's what you liked and decided, hey, yeah. I can do yeah. that. I, I mean, I was reading the first romance book I ever read was a uh, from Maya Banks. It was a KGI series book that I was, I was at the airport on my way from, where was I? Oh, I, oh, I was on my way from, Florida to Washington state. And I was at the, at the airport and I decided to walk into one of those Hudson news or whatever. And I yeah. saw this book up on the shelf and it had a, 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 like a military guy on the front. And I was like, huh. And I took it down and I read it and it sounded, it didn't sound again, cause I'd never read romance. So it wasn't like, Oh, he this and that. And it eating was, breasts. And, and yeah. that, you know, the cliche, <laughs> the cliche stuff. Um, it was, it sounded like something that was interesting to me. Cause I do, I, I worked for a defense contractor. I deployed civilians into Iraq wow. and Afghanistan. And I, so I appreciate that. You I know have that a, world. I yeah. Language. I know. Right. So anyway, so I bought the book. I read it before I even got, it was a six hour direct flight. It was, I was done with it by the time I got there and it was like the eighth book in the series. So I was like, well, oh, man. I so I went back and started with the first book and finished the whole series. And I just, uh, that hooked me. So I started finding other authors. And then I think the next one I found was Lori Foster has a series uh, called The Men Who Walk the Edge of Honor. And it's kind of that same sort of, you know, vigilantes, honorable vigilantes kind of thing. And that that was a series. And I was like, sweet. Yeah. And I I love a good series. Yeah. 
Right, right. I was drawn to the series concept. And so anyway, and then I started reading other stuff, some contemporary stuff, some uh, women's fiction, which I'm not, uh, if I, you know, if I, if somebody held a gun to my head and said, you know, which would you choose to get rid of? I think, I, I don't think I'd read as much women's fiction because I do like that relationship aspect and the two people finding their way to be, finding a way to be together. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and well, you know, with a romance, regardless of which genre within the romance it is, what, what sub genre, you know, you're going to have a happy ending or at least a happy for now. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. that's fine. You know, that's good. Right. Like that. right. And readers, I will tell you, the more time I spend around readers, they understand the rules of romance. They understand that they, you know, the, that the, the bad guy needs to get it in the end, whether he, whether the bad guy goes to prison or dies or is killed or whatever. Right. The hero and heroine to, to end up happy together at the end. It doesn't mean that their life is perfect. It doesn't mean that they don't have family issues or whatever. It just means that they together are united. Right. Together. And if not, that at least by the end of the book, you, if it's a series or a, a serial type book, like a, right. you know, it, it drags over into another book. Um, then you have to know by the end of the first book that it, that there's, they're happy that yeah. at least they're happy. Now, the first thing that could happen in mm. the second book is they break up or, exactly. or a woman enters the scene and, and makes it look Lots like he had conflict. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. So then they break up again and they could even go off and date other people. And, and then they end up finding their way back together. And ultimately the end result of their story is they're together right. and they're happy being together. Right. So um, you have to give the readers that satisfaction. Of, right. Right. Of the culmination yeah. of that journey they've been through. Yeah, exactly. Who wants to read 250 pages and get to the end and be like, that's it. She dies. Yeah, What's nobody, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody wants that. Well, yeah, nobody in romance wants that anyway. No, yeah, absolutely not. Unless they're the, unless she was the bad guy in the story. You know, believe me, I have exactly. I, I have some pretty, you know, uh, you know, my books. I've had a couple of women that were pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, pretty bad too. So you know, evil isn't just relegated to men. So. That's for sure. Women yeah, are more but, devious, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and they hold a grudge a hell of a lot longer. That's for sure, too. That's for sure. I Good like, golly, I mean, yes. Guys will knock knuckles, go out for a beer, and everything's fine. Women are like, it. yeah. Five years ago, she made a comment about my outfit. I've never spoken to her since. Exactly. <laughs> and I can, you know, we can say this because we're women. You know, we can do it. We, we know. We <laughs> and it's true. I know. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, um, what made you choose to go indie publishing versus traditional? Well, um, it was a couple, couple things, actually. I, I had submitted for a couple of years manuscripts, and I had pitched at conferences. And always, I will say, I always was asked for at least three, three chapters, if not a full manuscript. Got a lot of great, like, you know, try this, this, and this, and send it back to me kind of things. Uh, got close a couple of times. Okay. And it just was, it was such a long process. It was such a long, cause you could wait months, even if yeah. they ask to see your, like, if you go to a conference and you do a pitch and they're like, I love your ideas. You know, I pitched my series. I love your ideas. Send me a series synopsis. The first, this right. and that. Wow. And then you wait three months to hear back from them. And, and even if you get a signed contract, 
it's still yeah. a solid year before anything, oh, before anything's easily, public. Easily, yeah. Very easily. So yeah. what happened was I went to lunch. <laughs> I lived in Washington state and then my husband and I moved back. We had moved, lived here for years and years. Then we went to Washington state for his job with Boeing and then came back here about seven years later. And I, I started writing out there. That's okay. where I met Hannah. That's where I met Hannah. That's where she is out in Washington. Okay. State. Okay. Then I came back to Florida and Rocky Roxanne St. Clair I, I chatted with her at RWA National and she said, you know, when you get back to Brevard County, because she lived here real close to me, she goes, let's have lunch. And I was like, okay. And I thought, you know, it was just one of those things that people say to be nice. Right, right? Yeah. And I got here and Hannah was down visiting. Actually, she'd flown down to come visit. And I, I, and Rocky loves Hannah. And so I, I used that as my in and I, texted <laughs> I, I DM'd Rocky through Facebook and I said, Hey, you know, if your offer still stands, I'd love to. So we did. We met for lunch and she looked at me across the table and she goes, how many books do you have? And I said, I said three so far, but I haven't, I haven't gotten them edited or anything. And she goes, why are you, why? Or she says, and you want to go traditional? And I said, yeah. And she goes, why? Yeah. Why? She goes, you've got three books done. She said, why would you want to give up that control? Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, those, by the time you, get, you know, you may never get, you know, what you want or whatever. And, and she just told me, she goes, here's what you need to do. You need wow. to quick release them a month apart, you know, start advertising them, put them on pre-order, blah, blah, blah. She goes, get them to the editor. So that's what I did. I, I sent them in Chris uh, Kreidler was my editor. Uh-huh. And of course I, <laughs> the first three books, I made her do developmental edits for me, even though I felt pretty comfortable. I was, it was a crutch. <laughs> I admit it. Yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, I get that. It, and by the fourth one, she's like, I'm not doing development edits for you anymore. She goes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. So anyway, that's how I, that's, I mean, Rocky made me, that's my story. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing though. I mean, that's, yeah. I, it's well, I it's fun to hear the different, you know, some people are traditional and love it. Some right. people, you know, a lot of the people that I know and talk to are indie published and right. love it because you do have that control. And I, it's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, it's um, I mean, you know, I've talked to traditional authors, successful ones who, you know, once every once in a while they get a cover that they're just like, oh, my God, it doesn't have a beard, you know, or yeah. that's not the kind of dog, you know, that's in the book or, you know, or or they want to change, you know, the title or whatever. And, you know, and I always say, well, you know, that is super frustrating. I said, being an author, indie author is great because you control everything. I said, but you also pay for everything. (laughs) For everything. So there's, there's that too. There's a, there's a huge learning curve for indie authors. There's a huge do it yourself curve. You you do. Because it's a lot more than just writing the book. Yeah, I don't have a PA yet. I'm I'm not at that stage yet, and and I don't, um, you know. So I do everything. I do all my own graphics. I do all my own all my own promotional stuff. I do all of that stuff, and it it can cut into your writing time. It really, really can. Even though I'm fortunate that I'm a full time writer, it's still, um, you know, life. There are it other takes things. Time. Yeah. Take time. Yeah. yeah. Outside the writing world. I mean, there's also personal life. You've got to balance that. Exactly. Yeah. I have grandkids that live, you know, 15, 10 minutes away from me. That's, that's, you know, they, that's I an want important piece of life. life. Right. So it, you know, it's it, being an indie author is not for the faint of heart, but it's not impossible. If it was, right. 
there wouldn't be so many people doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like going back to the whole traditional versus indie right now, my genre romantic suspense is a really, really tough one to get traditionally published because they're sticking, they're, they're leaning a lot towards, you know, um, women's fiction, right. Historical fiction. Yeah. 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 Historical and everything is cyclical and romantic suspense is typically a pretty stable uh, genre. It's Mm -hmm. the only genre I want to write in right now. So, you know, it's, it's kind of where I'm at my series. I'm on my, I'm writing, I'm trying to finish up my seventh book now in the series. And then I'm going to do one more in this series and then I'll do a spinoff of this. So it'll all be in that same sort of world, but just a lot of the major secondary characters in the, the other books will have now have their own stories and stuff. Nice. So, so yeah. where is your books set? Mine are set. Um, I have two different locations. The bulk of it takes place in a fictional town in Whidbe called Whidbey Cove, Washington, up in the Deception Pass area. If you've ever, if you ever get a chance to Google Deception Pass and you'll see it's just beautiful. It's up by the San Juan. It's north of Seattle, up by the San Juan Islands. It's, nice. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's we, my husband and I used to camp and hike and kayak up there. And um, so I created this sort of fictional town that was once like a logging community. And now it's uh, now the logging industry is gone. So now it's become more touristy. And my special operations group, O'Halloran Security International has set up a a train, like a, they're, they have a headquarters there. They have a big, they have a big operations center that has their, you know, covert communications like they have a special uh, IT tech specialist. I have a, they have a training facility that has an indoor pool with a high meet, you know, 10 meter, whatever. So they can practice all kinds of stuff and obstacle course. One of my books is about a, um, a HRT, a FBI a hostage rescue team, canine handler. Uh-huh. And um, which is what my brother actually did for, he retired from the bureau a few years ago. He was at the bureau for almost 30 years and that's what he did. So he was my subject. He was my uh, subject matter expert, which was awesome. That's and, pretty cool to be able to have that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot like he, um, I went up to Virginia when he was up there at Quantico because that's where the team comes out of. And he took me on into Quantico and put the dog through the paces and showed me, you know, some of the stuff they could do. So I wrote a lot of that yeah. into the book, you know, did all that. And um, so yeah, it's, um, I forget what your question was. Oh, I know the setting. So Whidbey Cove is the setting there. And then the first book is set in San Francisco and they have a facility in San Francisco as well. But okay. for the most part, most of the stories are coming out of Whidbey Cove. There's a, I'm considering on the spinoff series, having, setting up another, um, cause they'll be doing like, they're going to be called, um, my books are O'Halloran Security International. That's the series. The right. next off will be O'Halloran Security International Dark Ops. And their okay. their mission is and their uh task and assignment is to take down sex traffickers Ooh. internationally. So um I think I'm gonna set that one in 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 Montana. And then um, are you gonna have like the books go to their characters go to different places around the world. Is that the, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll put them in places that I'm familiar with, you know, Iraq, Kuwait, um, Colombia. I'm not as familiar with Colombia, but um, that kind of, but I I have Navy SEAL connections too, so that I can, you know, plus I have a son who's a helicopter pilot for the Navy. So I have all kinds of resources. You have all kinds of, yeah, that's pretty cool. 
which helps me bring realism to my stories. My sister-in-law was an FBI agent, special agent for years until she, she married to my brother. Obviously, they were both FBI. <laughs> That's where they met. Actually, they met at the bureau. And well, Lisa, I don't, I don't know if you were at the meeting that my sister-in-law did for Florida Star. I think that was before your time. Yeah. But um, anyway, she was a fancy, 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 fancy name. But basically, she was an interrogations tactics specialist. Like wow. she came. I always tease her, call her human lie detector, but. She's written papers, published papers on it, on, you know, she's been a part of a, her and a, a, this D- Dr. Matsumoto have written papers on it, on reading facials and muscu- and verbal cues that people use without realizing it, that they're giving themselves away. It was fascinating. Okay. So, that, that would be fascinating. Wow. Yeah, so my, my heroine in book three is loosely modeled after my sister-in-law. She's a lot more, my, my sister-in-law is very dainty. She's small. She's, you know, You'd never know that she was a badass if you looked at her. No kidding. Yeah. She, uh, but my heroine is different. She, my heroine's almost six feet tall. She's a warrior. She's, yeah. she, she can, she can take out most men, you know, and, and nice. so, yeah. Um, but she has the skill set that my sister-in-law had and she worked, she worked nice. for the NSA. Yeah. She worked for the okay. NSA, but ultimately comes to work for my organization, but, um, yeah. So, um, those are the though currently those are the two places san francisco and uh washington state okay that's yeah that's amazing that's uh very cool i've not i don't think i've talked to anyone who has this type of book before so, you know the military romantic suspense yeah. i that's so interesting I, yeah yeah it's i love well, those type of books so that's yeah. i Write what you know is kind of how I look at it. You know, that's I, how it goes. Yeah. The, the language and, and, and all of that stuff that these guys use is very, very unique. There's a lot of, there's a lot of F-bombs in my book. So if people are easily offended by the F-bomb, they do not want to read my books because these guys, this, how is how these, this is how they talk to each other. They make fun of each other. They give each other crap. Um, the women too, the women that are in this, in their, in these worlds. I mean, Andy, you know, she, She's having, she's struggling by the end of her book or this book after hers, she was struggling with not cussing because she, you know, they have, she's, you know, she married the guy whose baby, his wife died and yeah, yeah. she fell in love with his baby, baby girl. And they, they're now a family and the the little girl is repeating things. So <laughs> she's having to stifle her, her uh, language a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That's so but, funny. Yeah. So, but so. I remember the first time, and it was like recently, you know, my kids were either in high school or at the end of high school, somewhere in that range. And it was like the first time they'd heard me cuss. And it was just like, damn, (laughs) or something like that. And my son was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Of course, he's heard way worse at middle school, but yeah. 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 Well, I'm funny. I can't, I can't claim that. I can't say that. I don't, I mean, I don't think we, there were a lot of F-bombs dropped around my kids, but yeah, there were other, there were other words, but yeah, yeah they were so always, funny. but they weren't allowed. And when my youngest challenged me on that, cause he was my, he was the one who would challenge on, he would always ask you why. And yeah, um, my, yeah. oldest, my oldest always just wanted to not upset me. So don't, he, you know, yeah, don't, rock yeah, don't, don't hurt mom's feelings. Don't, you know, but my youngest would be like, will you say it? <laughs> I was like, I'm an adult. And you're not me. <laughs> exactly. I told him, I said, there are different rules anymore. And you're out of my house. I said, you can talk however you want. I said, but until then my rules, my house, my rules. So yeah. my grocery but, bill, uh, my rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. And, 
And my youngest son was a competitive swimmer. So that boy put away the food. It was ridiculous. Speaking of grocery bills, but yeah. I'm just glad I'm not paying for his groceries now, quite frankly. <laughs> and we've had our kids home this summer and our grocery bill is just like yeah. loaded. Yeah. That whole like, monthly grocery budget goes right out the window. When it goes out the window. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I do like writing in this genre. Um, I mean, I have ideas for other stuff, the contemporary, but I, I like, I still have more stories to tell in this genre and I probably always will. But I like you also have already have like a whole nother world, you know, whole nother series that you've already given thought well, to. You know, every, to keep stories interesting, you have to introduce new people in the background, so to speak, like friends of your heroes or like, right. for example, the book I'm writing right now, I introduced these two characters in my third book. This is the seventh book. He's a bartender, but he's a former Marine Corps recon, Marine recon sniper, very elite, elite, elite. Um, and he, he came, he walked, he left the Marine Corps to take over his ailing uncle's bar because, or pub bar, whatever, okay. because his uncle took him and his mom in when his dad, who was also a Marine died. Okay. And so he always felt sort of like he feel the it. loyalty of, yeah. Right. And he's turned it into a success and it's become a staple in the books the, there's, nice. they have a girl's night there on Thursdays and all the, all the wives and all the heroines get together. And um, fun. so they were introduced in the third book. She's the office manager for this security organization. And she's like a sister to Emily, the baby sister and her are best friends. So they see each other at work all the time and they hang out together and all this. And, and Christina has a really um, dark, uh, I'm not going to give it away, but there, she's got some things that have happened in her past that um, have been pretty intense. And okay, and you'd never know it because she's very upbeat, very cheerful and very you know positive. And it's all her way of sort of like dealing you know, with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that didn't win. It didn't defeat me. And um, the bartender has had a thing for her since the first time she walked in the bar and she had a thing for him. And then um, something happened and she, she distanced, started distancing herself from him in the last couple of books because okay. she felt like he could do better. And he's done. He's like, that's it. I'm done. I am not waiting for her. Whatever the hell's going on. We're going to figure it out and we're going to work through it together because this is ridiculous. She belongs with me. I belong with her. That's all there is to it. And, you know, he's got the intensity of a sniper. So he's exactly target. And then there's other stuff. There's a, a, a young girl that shows up in the pub one night, stealing food off of tables when people leave. Um, obviously she's on the run from something and right. the two of them, you know, the, the hero and heroine sort of join forces and to try to help this girl. Um, but, um, and then there's a whole other story there. And so this girl now has become a secondary character and okay. she's only 13 now, but in, you know, four books, Another couple books. Yeah. Um, everybody has best friends. Everybody has people they work with. There's other women and men on the team. I just introduced a character in this book, a female sniper named Brittany. And she looks okay. like a cheerleader. I mean, she looks like, like the hero in this book sees her for the first time. And he's like, it's like that girl you would imagine, the cheerleader you imagine getting tossed around. This is how oh, geez. Okay. To describe, to describe what she looks like. And she wears her hair and pigtails and everything, but she's a deadly, deadly accurate sniper. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So, I love the, yeah, well, the incongruity of that. Yeah. Well, 
It's funny because I wasn't even going to write that character. I I introduced her just sort of not even by name in my last book. Um, she was supposed to be a part of an operation, an operation they were going to go in and do. And at the last minute, I wanted to use this other character that I had already introduced before because I know he's going to have a book. And I, I thought, yeah, I need to get him back in front of the readers. So I brought him back in and the way I got her off the team and in, I never even brought her on the page. Seriously, I never had her in a meeting, nothing. And I basically said very offhandedly, oh, um, the sniper that we were going to have as part of a team is um, tore out her ACL during a training exercise. So Golden, he's this other character whose nickname is Viking because he looks like a Viking. He's huge and long hair, but he's but he's a, a good Christian boy who raised by his grandma. He doesn't cuss. He doesn't. He says, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so. Um, that's all I wrote. I said, you know, she's not going to be able to do it because I had readers in my Facebook group are like, so is, is this sniper going to get her own book? Is she going to have a book? And I'm like, and I'm like, she is now. I guess guess so. So I'm going to have her be part of this dark ops division. She'll go to work. That'll be fun. Okay. That'll be good. And she'll be on a team and that'll create some tension because she's a girl and people will underestimate her the first time she take somebody out or whatever. Right. But right. Um, again, that's that whole conflict thing. It's a good way to create conflict. So, yeah. um, you know, because conflict doesn't have to be physical. It can be characters who just don't get along because their personalities don't click. It can be, you know, misunderstandings. Uh, you know, my hero and heroine in book three, the Navy SEAL, he didn't like the heroine because didn't trust her because um, she was a, um, an, an interviewer interrogator on the front lines in Afghanistan. Right. She's tough. And she, he brought in a uh, terrorist to be interviewed and he had his own method that he wanted to incorporate, which was a little more physical than hers and hers is much more psychological. Ooh, and she, okay. you know, so um, that was part of it. And she called him a Neanderthal and all that stuff. Listen, you knuckle dragging Neanderthal. She told him, um, oh, I don't care what, you know, but then a couple months later, and this is all backstory, but a couple months later, one of his buddies on a different SEAL team walked into an ambush. He blamed her for bad intel, but there was something was ha- had happened in the background that it, it was really actually his buddy's fault, but he didn't know that. And she couldn't tell him because of a clearance issue. Right. Know? It was an operation. Yeah. Nice. So- That's a lot of good tension stuff going oh, on he, there i love oh, that he really was kind of a jerk to her i even had some readers who said god andy was or jonathan yeah. was kind of ass to her for a long time but then we finally you know was, you know they finally, finally get all the reasonings and-, and and what was what was interesting about it the way i wrote it is he was attracted to her too at the same time he was like exactly yeah, that's inconvenient i can't stand this woman but there's something about her i can't stop looking at her butt or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, so yeah so conflict doesn't have to be physical conflict it, it right. can be, typically emotional conflict is actually the more compelling i think i would so. yeah it's what keeps keeps you interested in it yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's that's well, not as easy it's not as easy to solve you know so, you know yeah you it's not a, a conflict, quick one yeah right if you have a conflict like well he lives here and i live here how can we be together well somebody Let's just somebody move make a sacrifice you make it you you, you know, somebody makes a sacrifice. It's doable. It's, it's a dual. It's whereas an emotional stuff can, there may not be a way to solve it. There yeah. may not. So anyway, that's interesting. I love it. All that yeah. fun stuff yeah. you get to figure out. 
Yeah. 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 Sometimes you wish you could just write a straight line, just like this happened, that happened, and this happened, and that. Okay, done. But nothing's ever that easy. If a book yeah. was that easy to write, it's probably not very interesting. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's a, it's, if you write it like that, it's probably not very interesting. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're working on book number seven right now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Deadly Watcher. It's the, all my books have start with the word, have the word deadly in the title. Nice. Yeah. And so yeah. um, when is this one due out? Do you have a By the end of the yet? year. Okay. By the end of the year. I don't have a date yet because I'm still working on it. I had a lot of interruptions this year um, that I won't go into, but um, things that got in the way, just things yeah. that happen. Yeah, um, that's life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Life doesn't always let you decide what's going to happen in, you know, in their timeline, but yeah, yeah. it should be by the end of the year. It's, um, it's the, the bartender and the office manager. Finally. Nice. They're finally Sorry. getting together. Okay. Everybody's so happy about that. They're so, <laughs> when are we going to get Christina and Devlin's story? And I'm like, oh. I assume there's going to be one. What if there isn't? You know, of course there is. <laughs> but, uh, That's awesome. But yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting story to write because the family dynamic is different. And the other one's everybody loves it that they're all family and the mother and father are very involved in this. They're very much the guideposts for everything that their children have become and the way right. that they, think. you know, my tagline is family, honor, loyalty. And that's like been ingrained in them growing up. And um, so the parents are in every book, they make an appearance. They either have a party at their house or a barbecue. They're very, very, the mother is very, loving, but she's very firm. The father is this big mammoth of a man who's just a big teddy bear. And, you know, um, you know, it just, um, this couple, Christina is like a sister to Emily okay, uh, O'Halloran and Devlin is Jonathan's best friend, one of the O'Hallorans. So nice. there's that, fam- I can still incorporate that family dynamic. Right. Right. This series. Now in the dark ops series, I'll have to create a family within within the, the units or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They they will be their own they will be their own family. Okay. They won't be disenfranchised or anything like that from their families or you know it's not yeah. like yeah. loners because you need that, the I mean it's good to have team. I, I mean it is good to have that you know a character who you know I you know I was 13 when my parents blah 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 whatever. I mean that the scrappy got per yeah. Male, female like my my young girl in this book felicity she's you know the product of a her mother was she never met her father her mother was a drug addict um in in and out of you know rehab she was in and out of foster homes and like she says it wasn't it wasn't awful but it wasn't great you know and so it's not like she has foster home nightmare stories which i i don't have any problem with those i love books where they you know they talk about somebody surviving a, a horrible foster situation. Right. But it, I mean, she is, she's basically raised herself and her, her mother took her to this dance club. It's called the bottoms up gentlemen's club. And Oh my. Bar. Oh yeah. Place and, you want to take your kid. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a cover for obviously prostitution, gambling, um, and she took him there, took her daughter there as like a marker so that he would uh, give her some drugs, the mother, and she ended up ODing. So she ended up being stuck at this club. Oh. Essentially. And 
the guy kept her because, you know, she was an investment and basically just kept her locked in the club. And she worked at the club, not as a dancer, like cleaning up and what when he got her, she was 11 when he got her. Okay. And she was in this book, she escapes. She and and her first introduction is her escaping from the room that he keeps her in. And, um, dang. Yeah. And then, so she ends up, um, getting, being at Devlin's club. She climbed, I mean, uh, the whole escape is in the book. Like she, I won't, I won't give it away. Cause I want people to enjoy the reading. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. I and mean, she, you know, so then she ends up in Devlin's club and that's how she enters the world of the O'Hallorans. And now nice. they have, they have wrapped her in their embrace and she's nice. now them. So what happened, you know, they will do whatever it takes to protect her. Right. So, right. And they're, there are bad people after her that have been sent to get, bring her back. And so, but that makes um, for a good story. So that's though. what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, you want to have a theme when you write a series that it sort of ties it all together and yes. mine leads through it all. Right. In mine, it's been the family. So I really, have to uh, it's the next series is going to be the spinoff is it's going to be a challenge for me because that family dynamic yes they still work for the family but the guy that's going to run that part of it I introduce him in book eight he's he's a loner he's a lone wolf he's been working his own sex trafficking thing years and there's a twist to him I'm not gonna tell what it is that'll Um, be fun there's a secret, but anyway, so yeah, so he's, um, he wants to run it his way. Yes. Okay. He knows that he works for the O'Hallorans and the O'Hallorans are like fine with that. They're like, dude, we, you hired, we hired you because of who you are and what you can do. Right. What you do. Yeah. You have have autonomy. You can do what you do, but you still represent the O'Halloran name. So, okay. uh, But anyway, so yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media and whatnot? Oh, uh, social media, they can go to my, um, my website is um, www.tjloganauthor.com. And pretty much from there, that's a portal to everything. There's a a page on there of of my, with all my books, with a link to excerpts from every single one of the books, even I just just put the new one up and made it live. I, I kept it, I held it back for my Facebook group people primarily. Okay. uh, Exclusive and the cover as well. I released the cover to my Facebook group first, then my newsletter group. And then I put it in now it's available to the public on my website. So if they go to that website, there's links from there to, to go. All my books are available on Amazon. Okay. They're all they're all in Kindle Unlimited nice. right now. Yeah, I, I eventually that may change, but for right now, yeah. I'm I'm happy in Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, uh, as a Kindle Unlimited reader, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, all the books are there. The first book, Deadly Secret, is priced at ninety nine cents. So mm, nice, fun way to get into have- a series. Right. So if you don't have Kindle Unlimited, you can you can get that book. You can download that book for 99 cents off of, you know. Awesome. And that's this, that's this guy. That's He's pretty handsome. That's, that's Beck. He's my all my books. I cut their face, their heads off. I, I like why. that. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> I want the readers a little bit of mystery. Yeah. yeah. But this is basically kind of he's from the cover. 
of my first book. And um, so it's a picture yeah. of a guy that has his shirt opened a little bit. He's obviously went very well. Um, right, right. Well yeah, formed. Well, he's, got, he's got a suit on. And I, none of my guys on my covers, I love covers with guys with sh no shirts on. I love those. None of my guys are shirtless. Shirtless, I, yeah. But they're a little just, close. I mean, but there's a I, hint to I, it. I have a couple that are wearing some pretty snug tank tops and t-shirts, but I like that. This is probably as far as the clothing, this is probably the most conservative because <laughs> I, I, he's the oldest. He's a bit of a control freak. Okay. He feels like he's responsible for the entire family safety. And this was his story. He, I introduced the series with his story. So nice. Um, I like that. He was a former FBI agent. He, uh, one of the women, a woman on his task force uh, was brutally killed and he knew who did it. Everybody knew who did it, but there was a crooked deputy director who get, provided an alibi for the guy who did it. So Ooh. he left because he got tired of all the BS and decided to do his own little covert operation investigation. And that's how he met the heroine. She showed up one night in where she shouldn't have been. She didn't know she wasn't supposed to, that it was not a good right, place right, right. for her to be. She, she <laughs> was there for one reason. But the reason, the person who sent her there, sent her there for a completely different reason, which she doesn't know. Okay. So that sounds like a good reason to read the book. Yeah. And he sees her, <laughs> when he sees her from his, when he sees her from his perch across the alley, he's not sure if she's like one of the bad guys. One of it's the good guys or one of the bad guys? Or just... rough, uh, yeah. It's a Russian mafioso. And she's not sure. He's not sure if she's like one yeah. of his girls or he can't understand why she would be there because she it's in the little part of it's like Russia town in San Francisco. And, you know, and it's a rest, little tiny Russian restaurant that this is known to be totally mobbed up. And here she comes walking and in. Here she comes walking yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. But nice. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So the first book is 99 cents. That's okay. The, it'll, it'll stay that price. It's not like one way to get into the series though. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, awesome. I, mean, I can't tell you how many books and how many authors I've been introduced to by, through BookBub by downloading a 99 cent. Exactly. Book. Yeah. I, I do that all the time. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, that's how I discovered Lori Foster's books. And then I became hooked on her stuff and that led, you know, yeah. I mean, just, I, my library of, I, I do digital books cause I don't have room for paper. Same. Paper. Yeah. But um, if it's a book that I really, really like, and I think I might want to get an author to sign at some point, I'll buy it. But for the most part, most of my books are digital. So, and now, especially with my own books, I have a bookshelf full of my own books that that's I fun for book signings and stuff. I don't have yeah. room for anybody else's stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you had mentioned a Facebook group. What yeah, is that? It's called, it's called the Covert Commanders. It's, cool. It's, yeah, I try to keep it branded with my special operations investigative yeah. stuff. Yeah, in that, in that yeah. group. We in that group, I do everything. They get to see everything first. They mm -hmm. see, they see my inspiration photos. Like, like I get a lot of my ideas from. Like, I usually know I have an idea what they're going to look like. And a lot of times when I'm scrolling through social media, Instagram or whatever, just sort of you know winding down at the end of the day, I'll say, "Oh, who's that?" There's so and so. Yep. Screenshot. <laughs> and a lot of times, like I've got my hero in book eight is. Uh, I I'm obsessed with this Turkish actor and that I came across and I don't think anybody in the States would even know the guy. And, um, he's the inspiration for my, my, my hero. The physical. In, yeah. 
just, I mean, I saw him and I was like, oh my God, that's, that's, that's my guy. That's I love that. My guy. So uh, they see all that type of stuff first. They see uh, book covers before anybody else. Nice. They, see, they see the excerpts from books as I'm writing them. They get the rough form of them. Okay. Um, I do a lot of giveaways in that group. I do. Okay. I, if I go, like I did a reader event in Ohio um, in June and oh, the goodie uh, reader author get together. Lori Foster has this amazing thing up there every year. And, um, the goodie bag probably had 10 books in it, paperback. And some of them are genres that I don't read and I knew I wouldn't read them. So rather than let them go to waste, I give them away in my Facebook group. That's awesome. Yeah. And because it sounds like a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I try to keep it fun. People are allowed to post in there, but I do control like if, if, if I've never, not once have I had to delete a post because it was inappropriate Good. because yeah. the well, rules of the group, are the- we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about any of that kind of stuff. Cause Amen. I, don't, I don't need that stuff in my life. I don't, I, I just, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Um, Watch the news for that. But I've never had any problem with it. The people, That's that awesome. in, the people that typically join groups like that are readers. And they, they want to talk about reading. They want to talk yeah. about books. They want well, and they to- join it for you. I mean, yeah, well, hopefully, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 So, so I will link to your website. I will link to your Facebook group in the show notes. Awesome. Um, I know that you're on Instagram. I am. I'm on Instagram as TJ Logan author. Yeah. I'm on well, most of them. I'm a TJ Logan author. I'm on, I just got on TikTok. Oh, I, don't even get me started on that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. 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 What a quagmire. Yikes. I'm on, uh, let's see, Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on, I'm on Twitter, but I never go on Twitter because I don't like just, Twitter. Yeah. I don't, I'm a, I don't understand Twitter. I spend most of my time on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm starting to try to get into this whole TikTok, TikTok thing. thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's, there's just so, 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 so many things that you can do on TikTok that I don't, I see, I, I watch some of them and I'm like, I love it. Yeah. It's fun to scroll through that little thing. Do that. How did she do screen in a screen? How did she, ah, you know, it's my first one the other day with me in it. I've done other ones where I sort of just took photos and put captions kind of thing with music. I picked their dramatic music. But the other day, Lori Foster tagged me in that 777 challenge and uh, where you read the seventh, go to the seventh page of the, of the work in progress in the seventh line. And then you tag seven authors who have to, you know, and then you read right, it out right. loud. So I swear, Becky, I probably did 20 takes. Like, oh, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I, just I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the spontaneity aspect was completely, completely gone. gone. Yeah. <laughs> by the end it was almost like here's the thing here's what it says whatever whatever yeah I don't care if you like it or not I just I'm just over it I had to do this and I'm done I I posted people that you know Carrie and Brenna yeah yeah. I'm like if I have to suffer so do you welcome to my suffering club yep that's so funny I love it oh god anyway so well TJ thank you for joining me today this has been such a fun conversation oh it's always fun always fun yeah I'm I'm so glad you asked me to do this I I love talking about writing especially talking about my books but I just I love talking about just writing and, and yeah. the world of writing and the people that write and readers and um you know and the more reader events I go to now um because I'm at that stage now where I'm starting to go to reader events before right. I was just writing and building my backlist 
And it is just such an unbelievably positive experience. I mean, if you want to feel good about the world, <laughs> yes. go to one of these events, even if you're just a reader and you want to just attend, it just, it, it's such it's a positive so, thing. I agree. Affirming. It just makes you feel better about the world. And you're amongst you're, your people. I mean, yeah. you're, you and are they, in it. Uh, to have somebody come up to you and absolutely just make you feel like you're the biggest thing in the world because they loved your book or books and to have them say, I don't know how you guys do it. And then, and it's, you know, it's, it's just such a, it makes all of it worth it. It really, you remember why you do it. Yeah. Yeah, It really sounds like, Oh, it makes all the work worth it. It sounds so cliche, but it really, really does. Cause writing is a very solitary you know, yes, you know, like you and I, we have our writers group and some of us have our little critique groups that we meet separately. Right. But it's still, it's a solitary pursuit. Yeah. And to be able to go out, especially for somebody like me, who's like people, ah, people, I want people, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's just energizing for me. I know it's exhausting for all my introvert friends and for that. I apologize, yeah. but, um, but, you know, it's just, um, it, it makes you realize that there are people out there hungry for your story, just hungry. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time. If you have a story, there is somebody out there that's going to want to read it. It's wanting to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And you and just if, need to read it. If the listeners haven't been to a reader event, find one in your area and yes. go to it and just be Absolutely. amongst other readers. And right. if you like an author, send them an email, send them a, you know, send them a tweet. If that's what, you know, if you're yeah. over there, yeah. send yeah. them a note that says, I loved this book. Because it absolutely. does make a difference to authors. Absolutely. I, I hear that all the time. Uh, and- oh, absolutely. And all authors have, for the most part, if they're web, if they have websites, if they're at that stage, they they have a contact us they do box. Absolutely. Send an email and just say, Hey, I read such and such and I really loved it. Yeah, or that's all, that's all you need to or, do. Yeah, yeah. Or leave a leave a, a really leaving a review is a great way too because authors read their reviews. I don't care what anybody says. They read they them. do. And if it's on Amazon, it makes, it a, makes difference a difference in their numbers. Um, Absolutely. If the more it's reviews all about the reviews. They yeah. have these thresholds like 50 and a hundred. And the more the more reviews you get, the, the, more exposure, the more exposure Amazon you. will put upon you because it's in, to their advantage to do so. Right. Um and so, and the, the review, cause I never used to review books until I started writing and I realized how important it how was. How important it is. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a character analysis. It could be, oh my gosh, I love I this loved book. This I book. can't wait for the next one. Exactly. That's, it. That's all it has and, to be. And, it, and it's not just to tweak the algorithms, you know, to play the game, but it's to, that author will read that and be like, oh, wow. Okay. Then I am going to keep working on this next book. Exactly. You know? And then you get the ones that are like, hurry up and finish what's taking so long and it's like ah! <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, i'm trying i need to stop saying yes to everything <laughs> exactly yeah say yes to sitting at that desk all by yourself yeah, right <laughs> absolutely but no this has been super fun I'm, I'm so glad that you invited me to do this i know that you were you would i i've seen a couple of your other ones with some folks that i know and yeah i kept hoping oh god i hope she asked me to do it i'm, not doing this. <laughs> I'm gonna I work mean, my way I through all my author friends Anyways, but no, I had a great time. I appreciate it. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escape Podcast. If you enjoy hearing the behind the book story, then join me in the Literary Escape Society. We're a community of travelers who love books 
or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.